A fisherman always sees another fisherman from afar. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And thank you all for tuning in. I came from a graduate management program for a private company that if public would be in the top third of the S&P 500. I learned how to run a business on the job. I was blessed to have excellent classroom training. I mean, they did that. But really, it was the on the job training where the rubber meets the road. The school of very hard knocks especially back in my day, it was really the school of very hard knocks that taught me the most about business. It turns out that in a company that had a major churn and burn rate for its new graduates, those tough lessons, those long days, etc., were what would set the stage for a real understanding of business that simply can't be taught in a classroom. What's amusing is that most left the company whinging about the hours, the pay, the hard work. And so in my opinion, missed the whole point missed the lessons that were very valuable that they could have learned. However, as it turns out, being an entrepreneur isn't for everyone. I'd say it's indeed for very few. After which, I spent time as a headhunter for top financial services companies. I took my prior training in sales, a phone, a desk, and I made it happen. So much so that I put my own money on the line and opened my own company and had the ungracious experience of closing it, as it turns out, opening and doing financial services headhunting in the GFC, the global financial crisis, isn't a great way or time to start a business. Then I became a commodity futures and options trader, a prop trader, more specifically, which means I use my own money to learn, not anyone else's, which as anyone who's been in that game knows, is one of the hardest ways to do one of the hardest jobs in the world. Trading is entrepreneurial to its core. As I'm what I guess you would call self-well-educated, I spend a colossal amount of time reading, focusing on business, investing and the markets, as well as exploring countless rabbit holes. Whilst trading, I used to take on some consulting jobs in interesting areas just to get insight into how businesses work. After becoming a Muslim and the new phase of my life, which I guess is what we're now calling it, uh, I knew I was moving to being an investor rather than a trader. To get exposure to this away from the textbooks and to see how this world differed from my corporate training and the way I had run my own businesses, I spent considerable time observing the startup space and even in it with consulting gigs again in a real estate crowdfunding platform, as well as advising a number of other startups. As I now move back into the financial world as an investor in both the public and private space, this experience and the contrast has given me some really valuable insight. I've sadly become abundantly aware of so many risks in the startup space that you just don't necessarily see on paper. The studies are heavily skewed to those that have gone on to be successful. Maybe not all unicorn successful, but pretty successful. Too few studies cover the failures yet the majority are failures. Let that sink in. The majority are failures, some clearly so as they crash and burn. Others just have a kind of slow bleeding death. Others are just so ridiculously run, cottage industry-like, that they never get on any investor or business school's radar. Some, and far more than I imagined, are figments of people's imaginations, literally figments, Businesses that are in their mind, but are in reality not fit to be called businesses. I have honestly been staggered by how many fall in this last category. 
As an investor, it's these that you have to sift through. And in this day and age where a keyboard and a LinkedIn account or a nice looking web page is all you need to make out like you have a business, some skills, a reputation, that job is getting harder and harder. There's an interesting thing that good traders have going for them, an ability to be wrong and a comfort with admitting when they are. The market kicks your ass so much that if you cut it, if you survive, you basically have little ego left. The market is insensitive to you. It doesn't care about you. You are only as good as your trades and the market doesn't give a damn whether it's you making the money or you losing the money. It is just there. Think Neil Woodford and his fool from stardom. Hero to zero. The market doesn't lie. It shows exactly what you can and can't do. The cold, very hard truth. This sounds a bit dark and despondent, but for professional traders, they're totally cool with their losses. Just like with breathing, you have in and out breaths. And with trading, you have winning trades and you have losing trades. You can't have a good system without one or the other. When assessing an investor, a trader, a portfolio manager, I always know who is for real by their candidness with regards to losses. We all have war stories. If you don't, then you may just be that mythical unicorn who got it right out of the gate and never had a large drawdown in your whole career. But back in the real world, if you don't, you're not a trader. Read The Market Wizards or Reminiscences of a Stock Operator or Darvis or The Turtles. You'll find they all had them. Red flag anyone making out as an investor who doesn't know how to talk about or doesn't share about losses. Interestingly, I've recently been spending time with some very well-connected investors and some very good businessmen. The group that comes to mind when I write this all have the same thing in common. They're not interested in partnering with people, investing in people who haven't been through the ringer with their businesses. Perseverance, tenacity, and breaking even on the other side other things to look for. If you find them, just like the trader who embraces his losses, learns how to make them part of a winning system, then you have found someone you want to be in business with, either as a partner or to invest in. Which brings me back to the initial gist of this article. I want startups to be successful. Yet, just like most of the money I know, my appetite for startups versus established albeit young businesses, is limited. Time is a major factor in analysis. Youngsters can show promise at school and then go on to be categoric failures post-uni. Smart kids can't keep themselves together and hit the bottle. Bright stars fade the first and all that. When I'm being pitched, I'm always surprised by how much, and I'm sorry to use it, BS is offered without expecting me or my colleagues to pick up a whiff of the stench. You know the saying, the fisherman always sees another fisherman from afar. Well, in the business world, the pitchers, the ones trying to get into the game, would be well advised to reflect that those they're trying to woo and wow were more than likely once in their shoes. Maybe by the fact that they are now the money and the ones being pitched to, that they knew the game better than you. Don't sell things you can't deliver on. Don't cover up the awkward stuff. We're going to get to it eventually. And it doesn't necessarily scare us off. What scares us off and is for me a straight no investment ever, period, is if you conceal this part of your business. It is all about risk and reward. 
The risks are there. The weaknesses are there. We know that. You have to know that we know that and deal with it head on. And you know what? That gets respect. Bluffing, lying, that just gets litigation. The risks at this early stage of investing are so high that this is why I most prefer PE to VC. The early stage financing is important. It makes the economy go round, but it is so risky that in some ways it's best to consider it charity. The PE stage, on the other hand, means you can look at numbers, you can assess management, you can see the evolution and growth of a business, you can understand the growing pains, you can see how you can support a successful manager in becoming better. Another major observation on the risks of startups, or those companies that have never really managed to get to a stable break-even or ticking over stage, is strangely hiding behind the we're a startup or the I'm an entrepreneur moniker. When assessing these companies and these managers, what we often find is that they are very poor businessmen or women. They have the courage, and now you're never going to knock them for that, but they have very few fundamental business skills. As a result of their default approach being to search Google whenever something they don't understand comes up, and that means for them having a browser tab constantly open, many of the things that an investor looks at in companies that have stood the test of a little time are absent. There is an adage that is very true. Money follows management. In short, this is why investors assess the management of the business. Who are the management team? What is their experience? How have they built the team? What training have they done? How do they manage their books? How do they manage their strategy? How good an understanding do they have of their process? What derives and drives their profits? I've seen some amazing brands and leaders, quote unquote leaders, in their field that have such poor business fundamentals that when these basic questions are asked or their accounts are reviewed, that they simply have no answers or their numbers are a diabolical mess. In this day and age, when courses are available for free, I think it is criminal as an entrepreneur not to become a business person. A few hours of study at the start and you can get yourself considerably closer to building an investable company. You can be a much better employer and net be a much better contributor to the local economy. All in all, that seems like a good trade to me.